<clears throat> let's um recording in progress let's uh open up in prayer before we delve into the word and as i pray i want to ask <clears throat> i want us to come before the lord and ask him to bless this gathering to bless this meeting and um in addition to that i want you guys to Come before him and ask him to speak to you. <clears throat> Amen. Because I say this again and again, uh, we need to hear from the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. We need to hear from him. We need to uh, be instructed by his spirit. Um, I need you guys to remember that we are interacting with a spirit. Amen. We're interacting with a actual spirit. And people sometimes forget that. God is spirit, as John states, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It takes spiritual men and spiritual women to engage with the spirit. How many of you know that? Amen. <clears throat> So you, you, you cannot abide in the flesh and be a, a mere natural man and expect to yield spiritual results. <coughs> it, takes, it takes men and women who know the way of the Spirit to, in order to be a, an, an organic and effective Christian. Um, <clears throat> you know, Paul says, I could not speak unto you as uh, unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, for ye are yet babes, right? And he says, for the time that you ought to be on meat, you, you're on milk. And, um, you know, people, let, let, me t let me tell you how you are, how you may know that you are a, a babe or a mere infant child, is that you are slow to believe, <clears throat> Um, you know, Jesus said to the disciples in Luke, he says, Oh, you who are so slow to believe all that was written in the prophets. And uh, the the, the uh, church that uh, the writer of Hebrews was writing to, uh, they were slow to believe, right? This is why he had to write them and then prove to them that everything that he was saying was in fact the case. Um, here's another thing is, it's difficult for you to realize what is God. And you don't you don't realize what is God until after the fact. Because you're unable to discern his doings and his workings in your life. This is why, you know, a lot of cessationists, you know, and they're treading dangerous ground um, because of what they're accusing to be of the devil uh, is really of God. <clears throat> Those who don't believe in the gifts and all that stuff. Right? They're treading dangerous ground. But nonetheless, they, they, while they know a lot of Bible, they know a lot of theology, they don't know the God of the theology in whom they purport. They, they don't know the God who has authored the scriptures to the extent that they're able to see his workings and his dealings and his ways. Amen. Because I can examine you. I can examine your facial structure. I can... I can uh, 
find out your body weight. I can find out all of these things. But if I don't know you in an intimate level, then I don't know you. I don't, I don't know what I ought to know about you. And I may know details and facts, but at the core of the matter, I don't know you in an intimate, transparent way. And so um, we need, we need, um, <clears throat> we don't need more religious people, even though we believe in a religion. We don't need more um, seminary students. I, I th and, and I don't have anything bad against seminary. Um, we need men and women that are ablaze for God who have his power residing within their earthen vessel. Who know the way of that spirit, namely the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because the more you jam-pack information in that head of yours, and you, you, you store a terabyte of theology in your head, but you're a dead carcass without the living Christ motivating and inspiring and leading your every move, then what good is, is your knowledge? Because you are unable to actualize it in reality. Amen. And you may be like Peter, who is well versed in the Torah, but who ends up rebuking the Lord that you profess to be, leading, be led by and saying, Oh no, Lord, you can't go to the cross. Isn't that interesting? You can have a lot of knowledge of God, and at the end of the day, Jesus say to you, you're still minding the things of men. That's what he told Peter. Amen. You're still minding the things of men and not the things of God. Amen, somebody. Who's, who's minding materialism today? Who's minding uh, gaining prestige? Who's minding uh, 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 the reputation of men? Who who amongst us are minding these things and don't have within them the thoughts of God. Amen. And it takes spiritual people to have the thoughts of God. Why? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, um, let me just say this and I'll pray. Um, he says, No man know the thoughts of a man save the spirit of the man within him. He says, likewise, no man knows the thoughts of God, save the Spirit of God within him. Uh, save the Spirit of God, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. <coughs> Amen. You know, um, it, it's baffling to me how, you know, that such things as cessationism can exist, right? Uh you know they they just they don't believe in prophecy they don't believe in word of knowledge they don't believe in word of wisdom they don't believe in discerning of spirits how i mean if we live, if we believe that the holy ghost is taking residence within our body and that spirit is alive and he speaks then why is it a, a marvel why is it uh, 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 such an unbelievable thing to to know, to um, expect for the Holy Ghost to speak within our ears and our spirit about somebody. Amen. Amen. We need to believe that the Holy Spirit is a real person and he really speaks and he's really leading and he's really doing things in real life. Amen. 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 We need men and women of depth and stature. Again, who know the way of the Spirit. 
who know the way of the altar, who know the way of sacrifice, who know the way of intimacy, treading the paths of intimacy through the path of prayer and worship and, and, and the like. Um, <clears throat> and so that's how you gain victory. That's how you will gain victory in this life is to be able to know what the Spirit says unto the church. Isn't that what uh, John the Revelator said? When he received the revelation from Jesus Christ, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. But today we have cookie-cutter messages and TED Talks with our latte pastors, and they don't hear from the throne room. Is it any wonder why the vast majority of the church is still addicted to porn? They have information without revelation that leads to stagnation. <clears throat> Amen, somebody. You know, I like what Leonard Ravenhill said. He says, how can we hear the word of the living God and not catch fire? It's because those who are proclaiming it are they themselves damp and drenched with water. They don't have fire themselves. So how can it, fire begets fire? If I have fire, you'll catch on fire. Amen. Amen. If I'm dead, you, all, all you're going to have, all I'm going to emit is a stench, uh, an aroma of death. I can't give what I don't got, but if I got it, then I can give it. As Peter says, such as I have, give I unto thee. Arise in the name of Jesus Christ and walk. But let, let us pray. <coughs> Father, we... Uh, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you this day for another gathering. We thank you, Father, that you've called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We thank you, O Lord, that we are no longer treading the paths of darkness among those who abide in darkness. We thank you by your mercy and grace you extended your outstretched arm. And pulled us, O Lord, your, your ecclesia, your called out ones, your assembly, unto yourself. You called us to be partakers of life and to be partakers of, of an inheritance. We thank you for eternal life. We thank you for the blood that was shed for our sins and the sins of the world that made atonement for our iniquity, that the chastisement that brought us peace was upon your shoulders. And by your stripes we have been healed. <clears throat> we thank you, O Lord, that you are not a, a dead God. That you, you're not like uh, Buddha and all these worthless statues that have eyes but cannot see, have ears but cannot hear. We thank you, O Lord, that we can come to the throne of grace boldly to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of any need. For you are an ever-present help in trouble. And your word says in the Psalms that those who know your name, O Lord, put their trust in you. For those who trust in you are never put to shame. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you are greater than the most weightiest and durable of anchors. That you're an anchor for our soul, sure and steadfast that goes behind the veil. And Father, that those who, who look to you, their faces are radiant and they're never confounded they're never put to shame thank you O lord that you are alive and you rose again from the dead and you ever live to make intercession for us 
You ever live, O oh God, to make intercession for your people. What a great faithful and merciful high priest you are that even now, 2,000 years later, you stand in intercession for your people. And we, we are, we are great, uh, grateful and delightful that on the strength of your intercessory prayer, we can come to the Father with confidence, knowing that whatsoever things we ask with believing, we shall have those things for which we've asked. <clears throat> so this day, God, we ask you by the mercies of Christ, by the wonderful blood that was shed for our sins and the spirit that gains us access to the Father, that you would dwell in our midst today. Father, that you would dwell in our midst and that the Holy Ghost would be manifest and that your power, your person, and your presence would be delighted, O oh God, to abide and make your habitation among your holy people. That we would be a beautiful edifice, a holy temple, built up in you, O oh Lord, with you as the chief cornerstone, the apostle prophets as the foundation. We thank you, O oh Lord, that even now, God, I sense your presence. And I pray that you would grant me unction and anointing and power and glory and might. That your word would go forth as a two-edged sword. Father, cut out all carnality in our lives. Cut out all that immobilizes us and disables us. <clears throat> cut out all, Lord, that fosters unbelief. Father, cut out all man's traditions and man's philosophies and all that hampers the word and makes us ineffective in our knowledge of you. Father, may we be a force as the church to be reckoned with and rule and reign in this life, O oh Lord. May we not be the tail but be the head. May we not be doormats and pacifists, O oh Lord, but may we take arms with the weaponry that has been afforded us. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So Father, as David said, Teach our fingers to war. Uh, as, as I heard in, in one sermon, O oh Lord, may, may it be a bad night for the devil. And may it be an occasion for angels to rejoice this day. Father, equip us, furnish us, perfect us, mature us, that we may be your holy vessels, Lord, extensions and conduits of your great name, and that darkness would be expelled. And the church would be triumphant. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Oh, man, I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh Lord, we just enter into your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. Hallelujah. You're a great God and you're a great Savior. Lord, thank you, Father, for deliveries from the devil who has molested our lives and stripped us of all dignity. Father, he came not but to kill, steal, and destroy, but you came to give us life and more abundantly. Father, may we walk in that light, in that life. Father, may we not abide among death. Lord, give us eyes to see this day to uh, uh, evade all of the devil's devices and his tactics and his schemes. Give us, O oh Lord, spiritual intelligence and strength in our inner man. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So I, I want to ask that we turn to, you know, I want to say, uh, um, I want to say a, a little bit about what I was saying earlier. <clears throat> you know, Jesus says, my sheep know me and they hear my voice and a stranger they will not follow. And I, I think that the sad thing today in the body of Christ is that we don't know the voice of the shepherd. Um, excuse me, we know it, but sometimes things clog our ears to hear. Some things clog, uh, 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 impair our vision and gives us blurry vision to, to where we can't see what God wants to do in our lives. Amen. And, and, and this can be all due to a number of things. It can be sin. It can be wrong teaching. Um, but let, let, me, let me declare to you this day that God wants to have an intimate relationship with you and He wants you to have the capacity to hear His voice so that you're not groping in darkness wondering what God wants you to do. Amen. Now, will there be times where you have to press in and seek him a little more? <clears throat> yes, in order to figure out what he wants you to do. But nonetheless, it should not be this, uh, uh, this, this um, perpetual problem to where you, you, you just don't know the voice of the shepherd. And what the devil will do, he will lie to you. He will tell you lies in your ear. And if you are not well acquainted with the voice of the shepherd, then the devil will tell you that the, the thoughts and the, the voice of the devil is the voice of God. So when he comes to you in condemnation or despair or hopelessness, he'll say, oh, this is God telling you, this is your fate. And then it punctures your faith. You say there's no hope for you. And then there's a little signature at the bottom of his lie, says God. <laughs> Sincerely, Jesus. <laughs> That's what he does. And you know, you know, the interesting thing too, is if you're not well acquainted with the voice of the shepherd, when God speaks... You might say, oh, no, that's just a flesh, or that's just my thoughts. Amen. Because I don't know what people think of God. God's not going to come, God's not going to send an angel, or Michael, you know, what is that, uh, Michelangelo-like angel <laughs> with a harp, and they're, they're just, they're just, Go, they're descending real majestically down to your, you know, your rooftop, and then they say, "Come up hither, O thou saint of, uh, <laughs> and partake of angels' bread." <laughs> uh, you know, it was funny because I had a friend back in the day. Um, it, you know, this was when I was a big guy on KJV which I'm not anymore, but he used to read KJV, the King James Version, and uh, we would text each other in King James. And then uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, 
I said, what are you doing? Or I forgot what I asked exactly. He says, I just woke up from sleep. And then I text him in King James Version, a uh, little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding the hands, the rest, so shall poverty come upon thee as an armed bandit. He says, O thou hypocrite, thou that sayest that a man should not commit sleepery, does thou commit sleepery? <laughs> oh, just Bible geeks. But nonetheless, um, <coughs> let us um, let us quickly turn there. I, I just want to show us something from First uh, Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1 and it says and so it was with me brothers and sisters when I came to you I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God you know the you know I, I love apologetics right I love apologetics but there's a spirit of apologetics that is not what God endorse it's not what God is about what I mean by that is there's a spirit of apologetics today that values science and philosophy more than it does God's holy word. And they start believing stuff like evolution. And they say that God used evolution to bring about humanity. And, um, you know, not long ago, I, I seen it on Facebook and I said, you guys aren't built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ as a cornerstone I said you're built upon the scientists and philosophers as a foundation and Charles Darwin as the cornerstone and Charles Darwin is the guy who came up with that devilish doctrine but you know see the thing is people like that they just want to merge with the world and they want to be accepted by the world and so they'll start believing what the world believes thinking they're doing God a favor Oh, Lord, we're trying to win the world. We're trying to be relevant. No, you're relevant to the devil. You're not relevant to God. Your name isn't record in heaven. Amen. Your name is record among the uh, Nobel Peace Prize and, you know, top ten philosophers of wh whatever. Um <clears throat> But anyways, Paul didn't come with eloquence. He didn't come with all this other baggage. Because many times that hinders the work of the Spirit. Because people are placing their trust in all of this other stuff. There's, you see it today on the American pastors who love using props. The guy Mike, Mike Todd and all those other guys that love using props and stuff. And then you know, you'll hear the, the immature Christians on this side say, you know, what's wrong with that? Well, it's not evil, but you, you, you fail to forget that where they begin, they're not beginning in confidence in God. And some people may contest, you know, they, they'll, they'll deny this, but why do you have to use these tactics to, to captivate the attention of the people if the anointing is on you? I don't see Jesus doing that. I don't see Paul doing that. I don't see Peter doing that. And 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 I'm again, I'm not saying that they're evil people. 
They're just bringing immaturity behind the pulpit. They're breaking a lack of spiritual intelligence behind the pulpit. Because when you're casting out devils, when you're walking the anointing, you don't need all of that stuff. Because when I go to hear a minister, I, I, go, I want the anointing. I want the anointing that's on their life to, to trickle down and to benefit mine. I'm not interested in props. I want to hear from God. That's what I want. And if God speaks, I leave happy. Amen. I leave blessed. So, <clears throat> and look at what Paul says. He says. I didn't come with eloquence or human wisdom. And there's many other things you could put in there. I didn't come to you with props. I didn't come to you with a TED Talk. I didn't come with you all these things. And he says, as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. See, what gives validation to the testimony of God is the manifestation of the Spirit. When Jesus proclaimed the testimony of God, when Peter proclaimed the testimony of God, what accompanied them? Power. So that is, that's what attests to the testimony of God. For I resolved to know nothing, uh, know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. Amen? Amen. Amen. To demonstrate the Spirit. You know, I, I, I was talking to a Calvinist not long ago. Um, and, um, yeah, I was talking to a Calvinist a lot long ago, and he, um, I asked him this question, and I said, how do you manifest the Spirit? And, you know, he didn't know how to respond to it. I wasn't trying to humiliate him, but he was trying to lecture me on things that I knew, I knew that I knew about. And I was trying to educate him on, on something, and and it's unfortunate for if people make statements like that today, they'll they'll think you're proud or something. It's not pride to know the word of God and to know what you know. Why why am I going to act otherwise? Am I going to have a false humility and say, "Oh, I don't know anything"? Amen. Why would I do that? Amen. <clears throat> but I asked him, "How do you manifest a spirit?" Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, and the, the point that I was trying to make is I was trying to tell him I said brother you're not spiritual you're lacking in, in stature you're lacking in weight and you don't know it you think just because you know Calvinism you know the Bible you know Greek you think that you know more about God than you do and you don't and this offends people but I'm trying to help pe I'm trying to help those people out because when their life, they may not tell, they may not uh, publish it to the whole world, but they got a lot of problems behind closed doors, and they just mask it up with theology. Yeah. I'm not saying theology is bad, but I, I just don't like fake talk. I don't care if it comes from the mouth of a Christian or the mouth of the world. Fake talk is fake talk. Let's just get down to the heart of the matter, right? Like, you know, I, um, <clears throat> you know, I've learned to stop paying so much attention to what people say because people run their mouths a lot 
And then I, I, I want to I know, what does your life look like? I don't care what you say. What does your life look like? Some of the biggest talkers are those who have nothing to show for. Some of the biggest Amen. talkers. And this is true in the world. You know, a lot of the people that run their mouth, that act like they can fight, are the ones who don't. They're just hoping that you don't know that they don't. <laughs> they think if they just get louder and say more stuff, that they will intimidate you to where you won't question if they have any history of being able to know how to fight. But when you call them on it, like, hey, you're not a pit bull after all. You look like a chihuahua. <laughs> then they kind of shrink back. And I'm not saying this to be arrogant or anything. It's just the truth. But I asked them, how do you demonstrate the spirit? Because here's the thing. Spirits are invisible. You can't see a spirit. You can only see a spirit's power. And they manifest their power through bodies. Amen. They manifest their power through bodies. So, you know, the man, the demon-possessed man that was able to break chains? That was a demon manifesting its power. When the Holy Ghost manifests his power, what does he do? He does it, yes, by holy living, but he also does it through his signs. Yeah. So, but continuing forward, he says, so Paul says, I come to you in the demonstration of the Spirit's power <coughs> so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So in other words, we, we want to be able to tap into what God has for us, tap into his power. Because if I don't tap into his power, you're going to leave thinking I'm just this bright person. If I come to you wanting your faith to be in the Greek, then I'm going to wow you in the Greek. If I want your faith to rest in my eloquence, guess what I'm going to bring? I'm going to bring eloquence. I'm going to get a perfect, structured sermon and compact it, cookie cutter, and then present it and say, look, great, look at how great of an orator I am. Amen? But, so what we want is for us to leave and say the Holy Ghost showed up. Amen. The Holy Ghost. Right? It is Him whom we serve. It is Christ. It is the Lord. But He says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom. Now, I want to get down to the heart of the matter for why I brought this passage up. He says, um, and let me just say this. There's nothing wrong with knowing a lot. There's nothing wrong with being intelligent. There's nothing wrong with being intellectual. There's nothing wrong with those things. It's just that we are not to place our trust in those things. We are to place our trust in God. We're to place our trust in His power. Amen. His ability. So I'm not suggesting that we dumb down. I'm not suggesting that we become unintelligent. Those are not, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, so don't, don't hear that that's what I'm saying. Um, if you have if you can be smart, be as smart as you can be. But remember that 
that doesn't carry any currency of value in the realm of the spirit. Because I've seen some of the smart... Ravi Zacharias was an example. Very intelligent man. But he was living a double life his whole life. Right? He was, he was what? Uh, sexualizing women. Getting in their pants and... Just living a double life. No power to live holy. Very bright. Can wow an audience. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> but he says, uh, yeah, through massage and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not, of the, not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, so amen. These rulers are coming to nothing. Amen. All these regimes, these governments, all of those who forget the Lord, who deny the Lord Jesus, who blaspheme God, who oppose God's people, they're coming to nothing. And we should pray that they come to nothing. Don't just say, it's there in the word, I'm a bank on it. No, we pray about it. And so it says, no, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. See, some people stop at that verse and say, oh man, I just can't know what God has for me then. No eye has seen, no ear heard, no, not has it entered the hearts of men. So I guess it's, it's restricted, and there's no way of accessing it. But that's not true because you follow it up with verse 10. It says these things, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. So the thoughts of God and what he has planned is not accessible to those who are still in the flesh. It takes for you to tap into the Holy Ghost, to tap into the Christ, to be able to access what he has for your life. Amen. Let me, you know, uh, let me give an example. For, uh, you know, when, when I prophesy, those are things that I'm drawing from the Christ. I'm what is the Christ? It is the anointing. Right? He is revealing to me what he will do in your life. Amen? Amen? And so these are things that I'm drawing from God. I'm drawing from the currency of His Spirit and not the flesh. Right? So it's a matter of knowing where the source is and how to access that source. <clears throat> and see, this is what we have to learn to do. Is we have to learn to draw out from Christ. See, some of you are still trying to serve God in your own flesh. Some of you are still trying to serve God in your own strength. And that's why there is a perpetual failure. This is why things don't work. This is why you can't seem to gain victory. Is because you're trying to um, 
Paul says, you who have begun by the Spirit, are you now perfected by the flesh? He says, you first did run well. Who hindered you? And see, what it requires in order for you to walk in the Spirit is to yield to His government on your life. is to yield to his government. To yield to his will. To yield to his ways. To acknowledge that he is not only Savior, but that he is Lord over your life. Because we cannot access what he has for us, the power he has for us, if we're still resisting him. We have to be surrendered to his will. We have to be surrendered to his ways. Amen, somebody? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Um, <clears throat> we have to... See, here's the thing. Sometimes what will happen is when you try to serve God on your own terms, see, God won't empower you to do what you want to do. You can only access power for him because he he only administers power in order to accomplish his will. So if you are still insistent upon doing your will, you will find an absence of power. Because the grace of God will be constricted. If the flow of God's grace will be cut off. And this is why you find yourself constantly weak. This is why you find yourself constantly uh, robbed of strength. Is because you, you again. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like you trying to go up to the gas station and, and fill your car with fuel, right? And um, the condition, though. Is, is God's conditions, not yours. And so the only way you can access that fuel is if you meet God's conditions. And you're not doing that. <clears throat> and so this is why, you know, people, they wonder why it's such a drudgery, why it's so difficult to serve the Lord. It's because there are some things that you still haven't given up. There are some things that you, there are some dreams, some things that you you still have to die to. Because the Lord's power can only come upon dead bodies, because his power is a resurrection power. Amen. And Paul says, count yourselves dead to sin. And alive with Christ Jesus. Amen. So he says, these things are Amen. the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So no one knows God's look, no one knows your thoughts except your spirit. And no one knows the thoughts of God except God's spirit. The reason why I can't access your thoughts is because I don't have your spirit. The reason why I 
people, the world can't access God's thoughts, and they're they're fraught with the de- with demonic thoughts or their own thoughts. This is why they have you know Buddhism come out, demonism, Satanism, and every other ism that isn't and ain't. <laughs> um. <laughs> The reason why all these false doctrines come out is because they're not the thoughts of God. Amen. They have another spirit. Amen. And this is why people who are demonized, they're demon possessed. They have constant thoughts, 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 thoughts that are invasive. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that as a Christian the devil can't sometimes plant thoughts in your head. But I'm saying this is a thing that they they wake up with, they go to sleep with. It's constant. And sad to say, some believers are opening doors. Some believers are opening doors with, with relationships that they shouldn't be entertaining. Oh, that that that's for someone. Relationships they shouldn't be entertaining, and they're like, "Why can't I just pray like I used to?" It's uh because sister, um, brother, you're uh kind of you know making out and rubbing on someone that ain't yours. You ain't married. Man. Oh, y'all ain't gonna talk to me. <clears throat> why why can't I just enjoy my walk with the Lord and where's the joy where's the peace it's because you're doing something the father isn't endorsing And then, you know, perverted, perversion comes in, you know, and all this other stuff. And so, you know, we, we have to, amen, somebody. I, I feel like there's a bit of, uh, I don't know what I should say, maybe resistance. We have to, um, I know that this may be hard for some of us to endure, but it's the only thing that will make for your peace. It's the only thing that will make for your joy. You know, it's sad because what happens is complacency sets in, uh, slothfulness sets in, your your walk with God isn't vibrant anymore. Why? Because it begins to wane because of compromise. It wanes because of compromise. It wanes because you're you're making exchange with the devil. Amen, somebody. So, you know, um, 
You know, some believers are too um, worldly to be a sold-out Christian, but too Christianized to be in the world. And you have an identity crisis. You're wrestling between two worlds. Some of you need to surrender today. Some of you need to let go of your dreams, your everything. And you just want to put Jesus on it and act like it's cool. No matter how much you slap Jesus on something you want, it don't matter. If God says give it up, if God says that's an Isaac that you got to sacrifice, then you have to. Amen. And so what you will try to do is compensate for what God told you to sacrifice by your works. You'll say, maybe if I just work more, maybe if I just give to the poor, just so my conscience can feel better, I'll just, hey, that's what it is. I'll give more alms. I will give more money. I will give more of this. I will give more of that. Yeah, that sounds good because I don't want to give that up over there. And so what I'll do, I'll start working for the Lord. I will start, um, I'll, my relationship with God will be about works now. Rather than faith. Because it takes faith to be obedient. And the Bible says that he desires he desires obedience more than sacrifice. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> the Lord wants obedience. The Lord branded you. We are slaves of Jesus Christ. We are servants of the Master and we do His bidding. Man. Our lives are to look different. Our investments are to look different. Our desires are to look different. Our relationships with other people are to look different. They should be able to look at your life and say that this person is a peculiar individual. What is different about you? But instead, we, we want to cloak our lives and merge right with the world. And we look like them. We act like them. We may not be doing all the devilish things we used to do that brought us utter destruction like, you know, drugs and everything else. But there, there's secret sins in your heart. Secret sins of... of of hatred, secret sins of unforgiveness, secret sins of this, of greed or lust or whatever, and that you are entertaining. It's not that you're just resisting them and fighting against them. You, you've now let your guard down and now that you're, you're buttering up to them. You know, I, I like what uh, Leonard Ravenhill said. He says, the only answer to hellfire is Holy Ghost fire. <clears throat> but, so we, we, we can't access the thoughts of God without His Spirit. 
And so that means that you need to be plugged into the source on God's conditions. Because if you're not plugged into his source, accessing what he has for your life, is it any wonder why you're always in confusion? You're always in confusion. God doesn't want you to settle there. God don't want you to live there. The Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect, enlightening the simple. God is a God of light. The Bible says God is light in him. There is no darkness. There is no darkness in God. There is light. And the administration of light opens your eyes that you may be able to see. You know, it was so powerful, man. I remember when I got saved. I know this isn't everybody's experience. Well, I got saved well, before this experience, but the day I got baptized, <coughs> um, man, I mean, w when I got baptized and, and I had come out of that water, three things was very, just very interesting, very crazy. It's even mind-boggling today. Uh, one, I was ascending to the top of the water. And I, I'm not, you, y'all know me, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not like a lot of these Ponzi scheme preachers that love the, the clickbait and hacking algorithms by telling you these things by stretching the truth that never happened. The, like, see, you know, let me tell you that some of them say, I've been to heaven. No, you didn't. You weren't in heaven. You just, what happened is that you're in prayer and you're equivocating the word heaven with, I've had a heavenly prayer time with Jesus. That's what you mean, but you won't tell everybody that because you're using what's called equivocation. But when you start to ask them, well, what do you mean by heaven? But they don't want you to ask that. No one ever asks that because it just, it, it goes along with the whole narrative and it makes you know, it makes for a more vibrant story. I guarantee you nine out of ten of these people that you ask and you prod them on them, their, their experiences aren't as spiritual as you think they are. Oh, you know, I've seen an angel. <laughs> I remember one time this girl on Facebook, right? She says she's seen an angel. I'm not doubting that some people do. That's not what I'm doubting. But the vast majority I do, and they never back it up with evidence. Okay, so she said, I seen an angel. And um, I said, oh, let me guess. A stranger that you had come in contact with. That was an angel, right? And I said, don't tell me the story. I said, I can already tell you what the story was before you tell me. You came in contact with a stranger, right? And they did a good deed for you, right? So, well, it was an angel. I said, you're actually misunderstanding that verse. The word angel, angelos in Greek, can mean messenger. And the writer of Hebrews was saying, don't forget to entertain messengers. Those who traveled with the gospel. But I don't have time to go into that. But anyways, the point that I was making, y'all following? Y'all here? Maybe this is uh, this throwing water on your fire because you, you don't like that. Amen. Maybe there's a lot of testimonies you heard on YouTube and you thought that they're like, wow, this was amazing. I'm here to tell you that 9 out of 10 of these people, they're liars. They just want to hack the algorithm 
so that they can get you to tune in. Amen. Just like all these other guys like Daniel Adams and Isaiah Saldivar. Hey, is this the Nephilim? What does that have to do with building me up in Christ? You're telling about Nephilims, aliens, UFOs? That's, that's all they do. Hey, share this. Comment in the section below. You don't like anybody's comment. You don't engage with... You just want... <laughs> you, you already know. Amen? Some of you upset? Are you, some of y'all upset? Drop the offense and pick up the blessing. Amen. <clears throat> but anyways, what I was sharing was that, and, and so I, I have nothing to exaggerate, I started ascending to the top of the water. And it was later that I learned dead bodies float to the top of the water. But nonetheless, when I cut, when I'd come out, I really felt like I had baby skin. I was, I was touching my face and I, I was touching my hands and I was, I was blown away because I felt like I had actual new skin. I'm not saying I had actual new skin because I mean, I still have some of the scars. I still have the scar where I got stabbed. I still have, you know, my, these marks right here and from skating and all this other stuff. I don't got new skin. But, uh, but, but the third point, the third one was this, when I had come out, I used to say that it looked like the world was in HD, but I now say 4k. And I, I looked, I was like, whoa, wow. And, and, and it wasn't something in my head. The power of Christ opened my eyes. And I not only thought differently now, which was amazing. I had new desires in my heart. But I had gone out of that church. And it was a beautiful summer day, blue sky. And I felt like everything was enhanced. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Ghost is now the lens through which I view the world. And I'm no longer in darkness. The Bible says he's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord wants to give us eyes to see. He wants to give us eyes to see so that we can navigate through life. That means, Hallelujah. See, that means avoiding relationships that are detrimental to your walk, that are bad for your life. You know, I, I was <clears throat> at work. Uh, I was speaking with one of these guys. He, he was, um, he was, he's kind of, <clears throat> how can I say this? He, uh. He's tuning in the class, uh, I guess, to learn from one of the teachers. <clears throat> and he says, so what's your story? And I'm like, <laughs> you open a can of worms because, now let me tell you why I'm careful about this. And this is, you guys tune in because this is very important. 
One of the things that work because I work at a school and you have to avoid bringing, you have to avoid mentioning Christ and stuff like that. Um, I, I avoid value judgments. I stick to only factual observations and facts and <clears throat> things that, again, are actual evidence. Uh, and uh, and I avoid value judgments because I know when I start stating my values then you're coming in opposition with me. Now I get on your bad side, right? If I state I'm a conservative or I state I'm a Christian or I state anything like that, guess who's going to start talking behind my back and even conspiring against me? So I'm not going to allow you to know anything about me that you shouldn't know unless the Holy Ghost tells me to tell you. Amen? Amen. Because I don't want enemies just for the sake of having enemies. Amen. And it's not cowardice, it's moving by the spirit because I don't want to create ditches for myself. <clears throat> so he said, what's your story? And so I'm like, okay, now he's inviting me to talk about something that gets personal to the, to the heartbeat of being a Christian. And so, you know, I had to speak with him like I'm maneuvering around landmines. And then, and then state as little as I can, then invite his, invite his feedback to see where he stands. Because if he's a Christian, then I can proceed with, with more ease. But I found out that he's a Christian because I asked the right questions and stuff like that. And so then I started unpacking my story more. And in less generic terms and started being specific. Oh yeah, that, that, that changed from crime to, you know, to uh, a better life is because of Jesus. <laughs> now, I say that because, because it requires wisdom to know how to navigate with people. And see, some of you have not acquired a wisdom, and so you think just because they got Christian on their bio that it's safe enough to go on a date with them. You think they just because they got that little purple cross icon on their bio on Instagram that it's cool to go with them. But the, but the rest of her pictures look like Jezebel. She's half dressed. Right? Or how about how about the 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 male the male that you want to go with? Right? He has like John 3:16 or he has you know, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yet the thing that he can't do is die to his narcissism. He claims that he can do all things through Christ, but yet he's doing everything that Christ does not promote. And yet you want to go on a date with him because you feel lonely, you feel hungry for attention. And so you're going to sacrifice the blessings of God and the purposes that he has for your life for a moment of shallow Satisfaction. Amen. 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 <clears throat> I'll wait for the rest of y'all to say amen. So I know you ain't offended. You're probably chatting with that other boy right now. Why well, you can't you can't you can't type amen because you're talking to them right now.
<clears throat> you know, <clears throat> it reminds me at work because there's these, you know, the kids that I tell them to get in line. <clears throat> and if they're fooling around, I say, come up and give me jumping jacks. <laughs> and like, I have to do this for fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And they take forever just to go to lunch. I'm like, get in line, face forward. Get in line, face forward. Get in line, face forward. And so I say, you know what? I got all day to wait. I can wait here long. Right? I can wait here longer than you. So unless you want to get this right, and you go eat, or we're just, we're just chilling here. Now I bring that up because I don't want to talk to us like fourth grade. I'm not saying that we are, and I'm not here to insult anybody. Please hear my heart. But I'm saying when it comes to your personal life, see, the Holy Ghost has to speak to you like you're a, a baby because you keep doing the same thing. Stop. Face forward. Get in line. Stop it. Amen. 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 See, the, the benefit of maturity is that you don't have to continually hear that voice of correction all the time. Amen. That's one of the benefits of maturity. because, And see, here's the thing. When you're transitioning into maturity, you may feel like you're on some dangerous ground because you're like, wait, I'm not hearing a correction. Am I doing something wrong? Is God's voice absent from my life now? <laughs> Just saying. <coughs> you know, it's uh, it's only um, babes and infants that have to constantly be corrected. You know, as my boy's growing older, I have to correct him less and less and less. He tells me, he says, I said, son, be safe. He says, I know the rules. <laughs> I know the rules. You know, it blessed my heart because when I was at work, my wife told me that they had gone to this shop and because um, we homeschool him. And so, you know, after a school, you know, because they have to, you know, turn in the work to the teacher every so often. And uh, <clears throat> they went to a store and there was an older lady. Um, you know, as respectful as I can be. Uh, my wife said that she was a bit naggy because she's used to kids going in there just touching stuff, things falling over and breaking. I'm sure if you have this all the time, you'll be a bit naggy, right? But she commended my son because he says, wow, you're so well behaved. So many kids come in here, they knock this over. They, but your son, he just, he lists, he, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's well behaved. You know what? I, I'll, I have a treat for you. And she allowed him to get something. The point that I'm bringing, uh, the reason why I bring that up is because some of us aren't well behaved. Every time we reach out to something, the Lord slaps our hand. And then we, we go and reach down and he slaps our hand. And then now your hand has a bunch of bruises on it. And you're always in pain. But the Lord don't want you to live there. It's for discipline. It's for love that he disciplines. Amen. 
It is for love. Amen. Amen. Do you want to avoid constantly being corrected and having the bruises from being spanked? Do what you're told. You know why? Because that rod will prevent you from tasting death. That rod will that rod will prevent you from tasting death, my brothers and sisters. Amen. 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 <clears throat> um. Amen. You know, see, here's the thing, and I feel impressed to say this. The Lord is not like some of our fathers were. See, for some of us, our fathers, we were like punching bags to our fathers. Or even our mothers. They just took their anger out on us. <clears throat> they, they, that they just took their anger out on us and so when every time our father our mother was angry they 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 would hit us or they would do this or they'll tell us ugly and hurtful words see the lord isn't like that because when you do wrong he doesn't do it out of anger god is calm he's collected and and so when he corrects you he doesn't he he what he does he says look son look daughter I have to correct you in this area because of this, this, and that. Do you understand? And so for some of us, you know, with our children, for those of you who have children, and for those who uh, of you who will, don't unleash your anger on them. See, discipline... See, discipline should be done out of your discipline. Amen? So that means I'm disciplined. I'm not acting out of anger. And son, and sometimes it may have to get physical. If Or, or if it gets to that point. That shouldn't be the first resort. That is the last. Amen. <clears throat> You know, I haven't had to spank my son in so many years. And when, when I did, it was just a little tap on the, son, don't do that. Do you understand? And the, when daddy says this, you need to do that. Right? Because what the your children should not be afraid of you. Amen. Because so when God disciplines us, it's not so that we can become afraid of him. It's so that we can have confidence in our God that he loves us enough not to leave us to our own fate. Amen. Amen. And so it it may be painful. And the writer of Hebrews states that in Hebrews 12. He says, For no discipline seems pleasant in the present time, but rather grievous. But it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained thereby. 
Be yeah. trained by discipline because guess what? It, you're going to eventually come to the place to where you're in maturity, you're in victory, you're no longer struggling with the things you used to struggle with, and you're living in joy, you're living in a clear conscience, you're not suffering from guilt. Amen. And that's where the Lord wants us all to be. And so, you know, you know, take heart, uh, brothers and sisters. And, and for those of you who don't have kids but will in the future, every time you administer the rod, it always has to be coupled with, the, with wisdom. You have to instruct them why you're giving them the rod. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says, A servant, a foolish servant, will not be corrected by many words. So sometimes, when they're not listening, you have to yield a little pain. But hey, if they will be corrected by words, don't use pain. We need the rod to drive foolishness far from us and immaturity. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Amen. Um there there is one there's one thing that I, I wanted to bring to our attention and we'll come to a close. Um it's in Psalm chapter two. <clears throat> if you'd like to turn there, Psalm chapter 2. Y'all still following? It says in Psalm um, 2, I know this is off topic from what we're talking about, but I just wanted to say something briefly about the psalm because I was meditating on it. And uh, I hope to give us a little bit of instruction <clears throat> and teaching regarding this. <clears throat> it says, uh, verse 1, Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. 